0: Welcome back everybody uh, to another episode of the golf guide podcast i am kyle serlo and i am ever so delighted to have you back here for another riveting episode of golf talk here on the golf guide podcast um once again i am going to be flying solo today so i'm gonna hit you with a couple news items things that you need to know for the upcoming weekend of golf and also give you a little uh you know, just a little bit of information on some stuff you can do to maximize your enjoyment of the game for the coming week. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, As we talked about on last week's podcast, uh, the LPGA Tour uh, made its inaugural stop at Wilshire Country Club in downtown Los Angeles. Um, The tournament was, by all accounts, a great success. Um, And I just, you know, from, from the Bit of the tournament that I watched on TV, it just looked so good, um, and it kind of made me long for having more golf courses like Wilshire, strategic, fun, um, you know, really beautiful, uh, you know, with fun natural bunkering. It's just it, it was a really, really good scene. It was really good to uh, to watch some of the tournament down there. From everything that I've read, it went really, really well. So, um, looking forward to the LPGA Tour returning to Los Angeles next year. However, for all of us Bay Area golfers, now we get to get excited for the ladies to be coming up to the Bay Area. That's right. So this weekend, uh, the Medic Heel is going to be happening at Lake Merced Golf Club in Daly City. So just south of the San Francisco city border. Um, the LPGA Tour did not come to Lake Merced last year. However, the Swinging Skirts, uh, if you remember, played at Lake Merced for a couple years in a row. I think Lydia Ko may have won it twice uh while it was there but uh it's a cool host um it's very very cool that it's going to be taking place right there on the peninsula um so you know golf fans from all over the bay area just need to converge upon the city uh to go watch some golf um as a venue i think lake merced is really good for the ladies uh you know yardage wise i think it's a little over 6,500 yards i think they're probably going to be playing it pretty close to 6,500 yards uh should be for a good test you know i If you've listened to me in the past uh, or listened to any other golf course architecture fans talk about Lake Merced, it's one of those courses where the land itself is really, really good. The golf course, as it is right now, is really good. I'd rather play Lake Merced in its current form than a lot of other golf courses, but the golf course does leave nerds like myself longing for a little something more. Um, Lake Merced was originally an Alistair McKenzie-designed golf course, but then when they expanded the highway that uh, you know borders Lake Merced, I guess technically speaking, it'd be 280. You know, once once you leave the Santa Rosa or Santa Rosa, idiot, once you leave the San Francisco city limits and uh, it, it becomes, I believe, 280. You know, the freeway did, was probably 40 or 50 yards wider than it used to be, and it ate up a bunch of the golf course. So, the original Alistair McKenzie design was lost. Uh, Robert Muir's graves came in. Uh, and redid some stuff, kind of reconfigured the golf course to fit inside of the smaller parcel of land that it had after the highway expansion. And then, of course, Reese Jones came in and took a huge dump over everything, uh, made some super, super deep bunkers, got rid of any kind of natural shaped bunkers there might be, um, and pretty much just made it into a standard, you know, indistinguishable, nice golf club. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that it's not good right now. It's just one of those things where the potential of Lake Merced is so high and it falls so short of what it could be. Uh, That 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 always, unfortunately, commands a little bit more of my headspace than it really should. But it's not going to take away from this being a really good golf tournament. It's the Bay Area's only chance to go and see the ladies of the LPGA Tour play up close. So I hope all of you do take advantage of that. And then uh, on the rest of the podcast today, we just got a little bit of news regarding the PGA Tour. So this, yeah, this weekend is going to be the Zurich Classic, and uh, this is a big uh, a big tournament on the PGA Tour calendar because it is the only team format uh, that they have, you know, pretty much consistently on the on the tour. It, uh, this tournament's format debuted last year in 2017, and it's a team event, so you're gonna have two man teams. And what's going to happen is the two-man team is going to be playing uh, best ball on Thursday and Saturday. And then they're going to be playing alternate shot on Friday and Sunday. And I believe that's the opposite of what they did last year. I believe the best ball was happening on Friday and Sunday last year. And that caused a lot of birdies. And I mean, like, you got two PGA Tour players playing best ball. Um, You know, obviously, if, if you're not familiar, that's each of them playing their own ball from the tee to the green and finishing out the hole. And whoever has the better score between the two of them, you use that score for your team. So, you know, the, the combined team scores coming in on Sunday last year with best ball, you've seen a lot of 60s, you know, I mean, you know, low, low, low 60s and just really outstanding golf scores. And I think uh, the PGA Tour, in an effort to kind of increase the drama a little bit, uh, decided to go with the alternate shot format on Sunday for the final round, which I actually think is going to be uh, is going to be pretty awesome. I think that's going to make for a really, really entertaining golf tournament. Um, And really, and an otherwise, you know, this is something I've heard mentioned uh, on Andy's fried egg podcast, as well as some other sites like Jeff Shackelford and and people like that who know more about golf course architecture than I do. And uh, I really do value their opinions Uh, when when they complain about something. It's usually for a good reason. Um, And this weekend's venue in TPC, New Orleans, Louisiana, whatever it is. Uh, by all accounts, it's just a really shitty golf course. Maybe not quite as crappy as TPC San Antonio was last weekend. Um, but, you know, back-to-back horrible tour stops. Uh, I'm hoping, man, it would just be so much better if these idiots just, just took them out to Wilshire Country Club and played where the ladies played last weekend. Or just, just some kind of interesting golf course would be so great. That's that's really all I want to see. But anyway, the, uh, the Zerk Classic this weekend is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, there's certainly some very interesting pairings and, uh, I'm actually going to get into it and, and give you a breakdown on some of the teams. Cause the one thing that's cool is, you know, last weekend at TPC San Antonio, um, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, according to the players, it's one of the worst venues on the PGA tour. And, uh, because of that, I think you had like three of the world's top 20 players, you know, signing up to play last week. Um, and for this weekend, you know, the TPC course that's out of New Orleans really, ...isn't a whole lot better, but because of the really interesting format... ...you have a much, much, much bigger turnout. Um, I want to say maybe like 10 of the world's top 14 or or something like that... ...are going to be showing up to play in the Zurich Classic this weekend. So I want to go over some of the teams that you're going to want to take note of and watch. But also, there's another little added wrinkle. Um, I think they were doing it last year, but if you are not familiar... The the Zurich Classic of New Orleans is giving players an opportunity to come to the first tee with some walk-up music. Yes, just just in the same way that baseball players have been strolling into the batter's box with a, a tune of their choice uh, for decades. Uh, the PGA Tour is trying you know trying to make things a little more fun. Um, it's not very good at making things fun. The PGA Tour and fun are kind of. Antonyms—they just don't really go together very often. But they're—they're uh, they're trying to, you know, you know, let, let their hair down a little bit and, and make things a little bit more relaxed. And so, the players, the two—the two-person teams have a uh, opportunity to pick their walk-up music. And there's actually an article on Golf Week where they've got the full breakdown of all of the groups and the walk-up music that they're going to be uh, coming to the first tee to. And I just wanted to let all of you know that. I'm so disappointed. I'm just... These guys had an opportunity to just play some bangers, all right? Bangers they could have played. And they, they just chose a big steaming pile of poo. I mean, there's a couple of outliers. There's obviously a couple of good songs uh, in the mix, but there's just so much trash um, that it's really... It makes me think less of a lot of these guys, which is pretty incredible because you know I didn't really think too highly of that you know that many of them to begin with. So anyway, let's go through some of the uh, the songs and the pairings that I think you guys are going to want to take note of this weekend. Well, first of all, I, I, I do want to give uh, Kevin Nah uh, uh, you know, a little bit of credit for at least you know there was a strong lack of hip hop and rap music on this list, which is really. Really kind of a shame because it kind of tends to make the best uh, walk-up music. But uh, Kevin Na and uh, Byung-Yeon-An or An Byung-Hun are uh, coming out to Master P. You know, make them say, uh, and that, I mean, in my personal opinion, is a pretty shit song. But, hey, at least they, they got with the genre. That That's pretty good. Uh, I see a group, you know, Colin Baton Rouge coming, you know, Garth Brooks coming out with Willie McGirt and Sam Burns. That's that's real nice. Um, Shez Revy, Lucas Glover. Coming out to Metallica, very you know, well done. For whom the bell tolls. Uh, I also see an Aussie song in there uh, for Chris Kirk and J T Poston. Um, So you know that that's okay. Now I'm seeing a lot of I see Daddy Yankee. Mm, Not acceptable. Uh, Korean K J Choi is really you know feeling himself. He's going to be coming out to Gangnam Style, which is you know I'm noticing a lot of really you know guys from foreign countries are coming out to what Americans perceive to be that country's national pop song. Um, So you have KJ Choi coming out to Gangnam Style. Uh, You have Ratif Goosen and Tyrone Van Asfliegen coming out to Africa uh, by Toto, (laughs) which, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, I see that uh, Greg Chalmers and Cameron Percy coming out to Down Under from Men at Work. Um, And what was it? I also saw Jason Day's team was coming out to something really... Really silly as well, yeah. Oh, oh, they're also coming out to Men at Work down under. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like I, I also, if there were groups that were trying to come out to the same song, I'd be like, no, you two have got to wrestle, or I need to see a long drive competition. Whoever can hit the ball farther gets to choose. The other one of you pick something better. Um, the other song that I saw was a repeat, uh, California Love by Tupac. You know, I mean, Charlie Hoffman is San Diego da- guy coming out with Nick Watney. Uh, And then Brendan Steele and Jamie Lovemark, both of those two groups are coming out to California Love. Keegan Bradley, John Curran coming up, shimming up to Boston by Dropkick Murphy. You know, basically what I'm saying is these songs suck. You know, they just went with a super obvious choice, uh, you know, for what to do. You know, the only other songs that I saw in here that I think are even remotely acceptable um, would be Running With The Devil by Van Halen. Uh, You know... Andrew Landry, you know, last week's winner is coming out to uh, "Big Papa" by Biggie with uh, with Taylor Gooch. I mean, the it, it seems a little odd with those guys coming out to Biggie. Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown are playing Migos. That is just a fucking disgrace. You can't honestly tell me that Kevin Kisner listens to Migos in his free time. It that, and don't even get me started. Like I, I honestly didn't even know who Migos were. Until like a month and a half ago, when like my childhood best friend Andrew, who uh, is is a is a hip hop rap enthusiast and a you know an MC of sorts in his own right, and he was trying to explain to me who these Migos guys are and, and was telling me that they're incredibly famous and I I was just a little taken back because I had never heard of them and then when he had me listen to them, I was just so perplexed because they just fucking sucked so bad and it just really bummed me out that. The state of hip-hop has gone from guys like Warren G, Biggie, and it now has a bunch of just supremely dumb kids from Los Angeles or wherever the fuck they're from in Migos. It's just... Anyway, I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, but what I'm trying to tell you is that the state of rap music is absolutely horrible right now. It, it For being one of the best genres of in musical history, it really is fucking crappy right now. Anyway, I will cut it out with the profanities. I'm very, very sorry. Rap music kind of gets me a little, you know, it gets me a little, a little wound up. So, oh, and also one last thing, Careless Whisper by George Michael, Cody Gribble and John uh, Peterson. Just don't know about it as a walk-up song, but as a big George Michael fan, I, I appreciate that. But here's what I wanted all of you to do who are listening to this right now. If you were on the PGA Tour and you were going to walk to the first tee with a partner I would like to know what your walk up song would be. If you, call, if you write me on social media, whether it be Twitter at K Serlo or at Golf Guide Net or on Facebook at Golf Guide or Instagram at Golf Guide underscore, I want to hear what your walk up music would be. If you tell me you're going to come to Migos, I'm going to tell you you're an idiot and then I'm going to ignore you. But other than that, what is the ultimate walk up music song for you? I have actually got a couple that I'm going to share with you to give you a little bit of an idea of where uh, where I think I would go. Um these are in no particular order, although I think the one that I'm going to say last would eventually be my first pick and, and I'll tell you why when I let you know. I, I think purely out of respect for Barry Lamar Bonds and you know I'd have to play something off the Chronic 2001. I I probably go with the next episode. I mean it's it's just, you know, it it's one of the gold standards of walk up music. So I I think you know, not seeing any Dr. Dre on this list uh, was a really was a huge red flag for me. Um, and so I, I would probably have Dre up there. I also, you know, I'm a huge Ice Cube fan. You know how we do it would be really, really killer. Uh, just you know, second you start walking up, you just, I mean, it just I mean, come on. And then uh, if I wanted to pick something a little bit newer, um, you know, Gambino, Redbone is obviously excellent. But I think my number one walk up music would be. Freaks of the Industry by Digital Underground. Just because it'd be really awesome to see what the golf fans looked like, as you got a really killer beat with a bunch of female moaning in the background would be. It, it just, it would just be so awesome. I mean, just coming up to Freaks of the Industry. I mean, because really, it also de- you know really describes my golf game pretty pretty soundly. And and when when I say freak, it's not because I'm supremely talented, it's just because my golf game is very strange. My swing's kind of ugly. I I tend to shoot golf scores that are on the better side of average, but nobody can understand how I do it because it seems like I'm seemingly making really poor contact throughout the day. So it it, it just that's the one. Freaks of the Industry by Digital Underground. If I was playing in the Zurich Classic this weekend, that would be where my musical choices would lie. But I'm very, very curious to hear what kind of walk-up music you would come up to. So if you have an idea of what kind of song you'd like to have played on the first tee for yourself, get at me on Twitter, at Serlo or at GolfGuideNet. And uh, let's go to a couple last few items uh, regarding the PGA Tour, and then we're going to call it a day here. All right, all of you cheese whispers, here's what I got for you. Uh, It looks like the tournament at Colonial We'll live to see another day. It looks like uh, the Chuck man himself, Mr. Charles Schwab, is going to be sponsoring the tournament at Colonial. It looks like uh, uh, Charles Schwab and the PGA Tour came to an agreement to have uh, Charles Schwab sponsor the event through 2022. So uh, we will continue to see uh, Ben Hogan's own stomping grounds as a regular PGA Tour stop. So that is very exciting. And then, also, the other matter of news was uh, also related to sponsor deals and uh, securing tournaments and possibly having them relocated, and that is that we may actually end up seeing the PGA Tour uh, make a regular stop at a really great Donald Ross-designed golf course at Detroit Golf Club. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, uh, CEO of Quicken Loans and noted sports shithead Dan Gilbert, uh, who... um, obviously owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, has a very, very big stake up in Detroit. Uh, I, I don't know if he lives there, but I know a lot of the Quicken offices are based out of Detroit. Uh, there's even been rumors that I've been hearing on you know other podcasts like Bill Simmons and other places like that, that he may actually be making some kind of a play to swap uh, the Cavaliers franchise and possibly take over the ownership of the Detroit Pistons. Um, but if he, you know, as the sponsor, um, the PGA Tour you know, it follows the money. If, if they got money for a sponsorship deal and the sponsor wants the tournament to be located in a specific location, the PGA Tour, for the most part, is going to bend over and it's going to give the sponsor what they want because money is the number one priority uh, for that tour. And lucky for them, uh, Dan Gilbert w- wants to move it to Detroit. And uh, it looks like the venue that they're going to choose is the 36-hole historic Detroit Golf Club, as I mentioned, designed by Donald Ross. Yeah, uh, i got some really cool on oh, old Donald Ross green complexes, and it'll be just really, really fascinating to see uh, what a tournament would look like if the guys are up there playing. So I thought that was really cool. If it did end up happening, it would be the first golf tournament to take place inside of the Detroit city limits. So that is really, really cool. Uh, I haven't been to Detroit, but I've heard nothing but great things about the city. I have a couple friends that live there and a few more that have moved there in the past couple of years. They really seem to enjoy it. So I, I think that would be good for Detroit and it would be good for golf. So. Other than that, that's all I got for you today, folks. I hope you have a really wonderful week. Uh, if you're in the Bay Area, I hope you get a chance to go out and watch the ladies on the LPGA Tour play at Lake Merced this weekend. Uh, I hope you're watching a little bit of golf at the Zurich Classic, and uh, I hope you know most of these guys' uh, walk-up music doesn't bum you out too much. And again, if you have an idea of what kind of music you would want to walk up to, don't forget to get at me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'd love to hear it. And, you know, because of my, you know, My first pick. There really only seems like one acceptable way for me to say bye to you guys this week. Thanks again for listening, everybody. If you haven't already, listen and subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you and talk to you later.